Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia has an article for us, um, and I'm excited to learn more about it. Could you give us just a little bit of detail on what your article is for today? Yes. So it's all about short meditations and short mindfulness practices from an app and how that can actually help improve your wellness, reduce stress and depression symptoms. Um, All about workplace wellness. So it's really looking at wellness related to the workplace overall. It's really interesting because it's about the app. So it's not about a long meditation practice. It's not about um, like those big mindfulness trainings. It's about using a very commonly used app they actually used headspace in it so it's kind of a fun study that is exciting i feel like it's a much more accessible way for people to enhance their mindfulness than uh, what Mm -hmm. is usually discussed so that has a lot of really good practical application yeah and um we are recording this at the beginning of the coronavirus yeah like this we're in mid-march right now so this is like the time that a lot of cities are starting to consider lockdowns and closing restaurants and things so people are not able to go places um in the same way so an app is particularly convenient totally this time and i know this is going to air in a couple weeks but i'm pretty sure in a couple weeks we'll all still be in the same situation where we're going to be um, social distancing and quarantining and all that good stuff. So, well, maybe not good stuff, but you know, all of the stuff. (laughs) Um, so I think it's particularly relevant given what we're all doing with. I think so too. It's, uh, definitely a good thing to be able to create some space for yourself and take time to, uh, pay attention to how you're feeling emotionally. I know like, um, this time period has just been so stressful and, um, a lot of people are trying to cope with like, how do I just like pick up and convert everything to being like working from home and dealing with, uh, you know, all of these changes to, uh, my plans and what I thought was going to be happening for the next couple of months and none of it's happening anymore or whatever. And how do I still get things done? And, Um, you know, I think the idea that you're going to maintain the same level of productivity is just probably not accurate. So I think like, um, doing what you can and part of doing what you can is trying to intervene and, um, at least try to direct your thoughts to the extent that you can. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited Mm -hmm. about that. I feel terribly because, uh, today, so, um, as of uh, yesterday, GW had um, canceled uh, or had classes move online until April 5th. And today they announced that we're done through the end of the semester. Everything is converted online. Um, and so, you know, I think that's absolutely the right call. But at the same time, um, they also announced that there's not going to be any graduation. So all the seniors like last week just in the middle of the week had to leave so everybody had to pack up their stuff and go and now they just found out that like college is over for them like that's it and I do feel really badly because even though you know obviously there are like worst problems in the world it's still for them that's like their whole world you know what I mean that like they were going to be college students until May and they thought that they still had like mm-hmm. 10 weeks to hang out with their friends and all the events that they would have for the end of the year and all that stuff. It's just all, go- everything's gone. Graduation's gone. Like, and I feel like, you know, I, I didn't, I was like, you know, not super invested in my college experience. So I didn't care about my graduation, but I know like most of my friends really cared about it and would have been really sad. So I feel bad for them. 
Yeah. I mean, high school too, like proms and all those things, like all these things that are just like a stereotypical experience that you go through if you go to college and, you know, obviously everyone goes through high school. So it's just sad. They're not going to have it. Like they're going to have a very different experience than pretty much everybody else um, as a, as a class, as a whole for both those groups. I know. I know. It is sad. I feel bad for them. That's crazy that, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm guessing a lot of schools are going to postpone or figure out a different way to do graduation. I I saw an email um, from USC that they haven't canceled graduation yet, but they said they're looking into yeah alternative ways to celebrate graduates. So I don't know what that means. Um, I'm guessing that means graduation is probably going to be canceled and there's probably some thing else they're going to try to think of doing, but yeah, it's really sad that all of these students are going to miss out on those experiences. And then I think it's also really interesting, and it's good to see that some universities are doing this right and some universities have struggled with it a little bit, but, you know, trying to make students go home, but some students have nowhere to yeah. go. So I'm yeah. glad that some universities are still working through that and keeping places open for the right. no, to figure totally. out what to do next versus just being yeah, like, oh, yeah. Close, I bye. definitely <laughs> think that there are some places that are handling it a lot terrible. better than others. And I, I don't know um how GW handled uh those situations. I know that usually they do the right thing um in situations like that. So I'm sure they're thinking about it. Um in some way, but for, they said the same thing for graduation that like they would figure something out. It was like some like broad, um, whatever. Uh, but I think, you know, it's, it's a hard time for everybody right now because nobody is trained to deal with this situation. Like I'm sure if you're in charge of a company right now or in charge of a university right now or whatever, like it's so stressful to figure out what to do. And now I think at least it's getting easier because there's such like a, a more clear directive. Mm -hmm. I think the last several weeks were probably so stressful for people when it was more like a, do you make the call to get ahead of it or do you wait or, you know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff. So I think now at least for leaders, it's more clear that the right call is to cancel. Mm -hmm. Um, but before this, I think it must have just been so stressful because you probably have people who are like so angry if you don't cancel, right. so angry if you do cancel. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. Sad. I mean, we've canceled, well, postponed the worker being retreat and that's heartbreaking for us. Um, but it, it was probably the right call. But it's really interesting to see what people say. Like my, uh, right. my gym closed today, which it was basically mandated by the county to do so. Yeah. And I saw someone on Instagram was like, are we really doing what they said? Like the mayor said. Uh, yeah. And I was like, He's yeah. not mayor McCheese. It's like an like, actual mayor that like says what happens. Like, I'm very confused. This place that we live in. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It was very weird. I was like, uh, I don't know why you think that you shouldn't follow that. It was strange. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I feel like even um, I was just seeing like a lot of hot takes, like obviously for a lot of listeners who are not as familiar with our professional association, S- Society for Industrial Organizational Psychology. It's like the big conference where we usually get to see all our friends from graduate school and Patricia and I were going to room together. And we had sessions that were like just worker being specific that got accepted to the conference that we were going to present. So it's like a real bummer that it got canceled. But 
leading up to it, people were like tagging the like president in it and being like, I'm sorry, but like, when are you going to blah, blah, blah. And like, if I were them, this is what I, and the fact is like, you don't really know what you would yeah. do if you were that. Like they have a lot more info, like they have a lot more information than we do. Right. So like, clearly they're not just like, well, I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to figure it out. So just like chill and give people some space. Like it's yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah. People are, emotions are running high. Let's just put it that way. Yes. And people take their stress out on other people. I know I had this poor um, student come to me who was like all upset because they're like president of a um, student group. And the student group was like complaining about canceling of stuff and whatever. And I was just like, look, like people are stressed and they're mad that things are changing and you seem like a person to be mad at. And that's all it is. So just like. In time, we'll all hopefully look back on this and say it was a really great thing that we all stayed away from each other. And even though it was like a very strange spring because everything was canceled and we all had to deal with all these like rifts in our schedule and readjusting to or adjusting to working from home and all this different stuff, like we actually did a good thing and not like spreading a really contagious virus. Like hopefully we look back on it and we're like, that was that was very positive. So um, so, you know, right now it seems hard, but I think also like keeping the purpose of it in mind and giving people some leeway, like not biting other people's heads off that are trying to like do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of considerations and most of the time you don't know all of the situation. Like I know obviously where we are today and I'm assuming where we'll be when this goes live, you know, we at least know March and April are pretty much dead, right? In terms of events, Mm -hmm. that's just not happening. Um, but people are starting to look out further, May, June, what's going on then? And we just don't know. And I think that expecting people to have answers right now is unreasonable. So just try to, you know, we have to go with the flow. A lot of us hate that, but Mm -hmm. we have to, and we have to try to work through it. So take a deep breath. Don't get mad at people that don't know the answers yet because there's good reason they don't know the answers. And I think we need to to try to, like you said, give people space to work through it and figure it out. And, you know, obviously if you have questions, ask, but be polite and expect that they might not have the answer. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you are that person that is trying to grapple with this and you feel like people are not um, giving you common courtesy you could just pass this episode to them and be like oh you should listen to this <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially the first 10 minutes I think there might be some tidbits for you there <laughs> oh man um but we do hope that you're all doing well as you can be under these circumstances and hope that you're all healthy and um staying as sane as possible our um thoughts are with you we're sending you good vibes um in the meantime it sounds like we have some um good recommendations for something that you might be able to do potentially. So uh, do you want to jump into your um, article, Patricia, and tell us like what it is and who wrote it? Yes. So like I said, I'm super excited about this article because I feel like it's so relevant right now. Um, It's called Mindfulness on the Go, Effects of a Mindfulness Meditation App on Work Stress and Well-Being. And it's written by Bostock, Crosswell, Prather, and Steptoe published 2019 in the Journal of Occupational Health Psychology. So really exciting. As I mentioned, it's about how a mindfulness app can help improve wellness and reduce stress. So really, really relevant because it's something you can do anywhere. You can do it in the office, 
if you're able to be in the office one yeah. day again, <laughs> um, it's something you can do at home. It's something you can do, you know, when we're traveling again, you can do it on a plane. You could do it anywhere, anywhere at all. You can use these apps. So I think it's really, really special about this study because they use something that's so accessible. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So let's dive into what they did. So we already know that mindfulness um, has been shown to reduce stress and improve wellness overall. Most of the time, mindfulness-based trainings um, that are studied are ones that are delivered in a workplace where there's an instructor and it's they're more intensive sessions, an hour long and you know over eight weeks. So you've got like an hour every day or an hour every few days or an hour once a week even, but you're doing these longer sessions in an instructed environment. This is a unique study because of that app again. The app is the big piece. Um, So what they did is they recruited employees within an office with a couple offices in the UK from two Fortune 500 companies. um, And they had half the participants use the app every day. They were able to use it every day for eight weeks. Most Mm -hmm. people didn't do it every day. They were told to. Most people did not. Um, and the other half was on a wait list so that they can get free access hmm. to the app after that eight weeks was over. So it's not like they never got the app, but at least they could compare the two groups. Um, yeah. A group that did it and a group that didn't do it. They collected data before people started using the app, after the eight weeks trial was over, and then again eight weeks after that. So now they've had two months after um, the, the trial and seeing how things look then. Cool. That's awesome. So, um, they were able to not only look at what happened immediately afterwards, but you're also able to see like, does mm-hmm. this have a lasting effect on people? Because the goal would be if you're going to invest your time or your energy into mindfulness, um, or if you're going to invest resources as a company, even though this is just an app. Um, but like if you're going to spend time, um, dedicated to this, you want to know that it's not just like a short term solution, but it makes some changes in the long term too. Exactly. Yep. So the app they used was Headspace, um, but there's like a million different apps out there. So I think that's something to keep in mind. I know Headspace has some free content and then some paid content and there's other apps that are free. So as we're talking about this, uh, you could probably look into any app and I'm sure there would be similar results Um, as long as it's practicing mindfulness effectively right as long as it's a good app so look for ones with good reviews of course we what they did here is they looked at the 45 days of free classes that they provided Um, but as I said most people didn't do that most people completed an average of 16 mindfulness sessions Mm. over the eight weeks um, which looks like about two a week so it's not even that much the sessions ranged from 10 minutes to 20 minutes um basically if anybody's used headspace they have like the take 10 which is like the first series of sessions that you do when you start that app then there's take 15 and there's take 20 and so they were prompted to take those three different courses basically um and the way that it's structured in the headspace app is you just start with the first one and then it prompts you to do the next one and the next one the next one so if you don't get through the take 10 you're never going to get to the take 20, right? You're still only doing 10 minutes. So if people are doing only 16 sessions over the eight weeks, probably most of them haven't even gotten to the 20 minute mm-hmm. session. So they're yeah. doing very short sessions when you think about it. Um, and what they did is they looked to see how that impacted well-being. So they used a measure of well-being, which they looked at all three time points. They looked at anxiety and depression, 
They looked at job strain, which is basically work stress in, in a different kind of a different way. It's basically like uh, you have a lot of job demands. And if you're if you don't have control mm-hmm. over your job, yep. then you have job strain. And then they, okay. they looked at workplace social support. So those are the the things they looked at, right? Do you feel supported? That's the other. That's the workplace social support piece. Okay. So they're asking if the person feels supported, but not like, are your coworkers showing you support, but rather like, is it enhancing feel or recognition of support or something like that? So it's just the workplace social support questions are what you would think kind of from a coworker perspective. It's like, I get on well with my coworkers. I have good relationships with my managers. Mm -hmm. There's good group cohesion in my workplace. So it's broad. It talks about coworkers, leaders, just generally the work environment. Do you feel good about it? Do you feel supported? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, And so what they found is that people that took the classes saw improvements in well-being. So they felt more relaxed. They felt more optimistic about the future. They felt happier. They also saw decrease in anxiety symptoms and depression hmm. symptoms. They uh, saw a decrease in job strain because they felt more in control of their job. Hmm. And they saw an increase in workplace social wow, support. Wow, that's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And they looked to see like number of classes so if somebody took like four classes versus you know 10 classes what they saw was that anybody that took more than 10 classes saw the biggest Hmm. improvements um but again it's over eight weeks so if you're taking 10 classes it's like one a week and then two weeks okay two wow that's it that's very reasonable and again yeah 10 minutes yeah that's very reasonable of time that's awesome yeah so huge results um, the other thing they found is that that third time period that I told you, so like eight weeks mm-hmm. after they finished using the app, they saw that people still saw better well-being. They still saw fewer depressive symptoms and they still mm. saw lower job okay. strain. So some of the stuff went away. So what went away in the long term then? So the anxiety mm-hmm. did go up a little bit. So people f- felt anxious again and the social support. Um, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Strongly about their okay. support. Okay, um, but the other, can you say again, just the ones that did hold in the long term? Well-being, uh, lower depression, and lower job strain. Hmm, that's interesting. It seems like those are maybe some, like you would imagine that, right? Because depression is more episodic and anxiety is more like acute. So you might expect that something that has more of like a longer time frame like a depression as opposed to like a feeling of anxiety that could like arise in a moment and then go away might Mm -hmm. have a higher likelihood for a longer term effect Mm -hmm. um and general well-being and you know job related aspects might also have more of like a little bit of a sticking um, power I'd be curious to hear more about why they think social support would get impacted is it is it more that you're just more open to recognizing the support around you because you're not like wrapped up in your own thing yeah so they talked about how it's about people exactly that like they're they feel better about their relationships they're more open to their relationships they see the positive around them mm-hmm. um and that's something that we talked like we've talked about with mindfulness before and their mindfulness research has shown right if you're being mindful then you're a little bit more aware of what's going on around you so they are saying that they think that it's probably related to that gotcha that's interesting the whole study is interesting because right now 
not to like derail into my study, but I have a, a mindfulness study that's <laughs> uh, in revise and resubmit stage right now. That's also an eight week uh, mindfulness where they did one 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 hour session a week and then they were allowed to do additional um virtual sessions if they wanted to um and we also find like pretty big effects just from that one session a week so I think a lot of times when people think about like oh I have to become like a medit a person who does meditation or I have to become a person who does mindfulness that like it's this huge time investment like you have to do like an hour a day or something and it seems like a lot of the research in this study um as well as showing like these smaller bits um, actually are super Mm -hmm. helpful. Yeah. I think that's the most exciting part. And it sounds like with your study and this study working together, that's kind of a nice little, it's almost like replication Mm -hmm. in a way, right? Um, Slightly different methods, but it is showing that mindfulness can have a pretty big impact, even if you don't spend a crazy amount of time on it. So I think that's really important. Um, I think it's, It's also really important to know that it does have a lasting impact, but there's no reason Mm -hmm. to stop, right? So the thing that would be nice is if you are able to just continue it, right? So yes, eight weeks, you do it. So you do this for two months, then two months later, you still feel good. Well, imagine if you were doing it for the full four months, right? Right. Like you either either that increases or you still maintain it but that means you maintain that effect longer and longer and longer so i think there's something it'll be interesting to see if there's research that comes out longer term than this um but i do think that there's something to be said that it has a pretty lasting impact so if you take 10 minutes every few days to do a meditation on an app yeah and i think i mean the thing that i think is super interesting is that it really decreases that barrier that I think other people are like that everyone's really nervous about when they think about like adding something else to my schedule. Like, Oh yeah. Like, well maybe I would do mindfulness if I had time or whatever, because people are again, like thinking it's this bigger time investment. But even if you just kept track of the amount of time that you spend like scrolling through social media, and I think there are benefits to, you know, obviously like we keep up our social media accounts and like, you know, there are benefits to the content that you get on there and things like that. But sometimes you're just like mindlessly scrolling through things and not really even like paying attention. If you could keep track of the amount of time that you even spend on social media and say, okay, you know, on three of the three days a week, I'm going to take 10 of those minutes and dedicate it to this instead. I think that would be a really good redirection of time. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think 10 minutes yeah. is so short. Like we waste 10 minutes all the time. So we can just find one of those 10 minutes that you waste and put it to something useful yeah. and have this yep. big of an impact. I agree. I think and I think, huge. you know, it's just, it's really interesting because it's easy. You can have the app on your phone. You turn it on, you listen to something and getting in the habit of it. Like you were saying, even though the longer term consequences are not as, as great as the shorter term consequences, like you can still continue once you get it into your routine. It's just like anything else. Like once you work something into a routine, it becomes a routine. It becomes a lot easier to work in. There are lots of things that we do on a daily basis that are good for us, but we don't think of as essential. So it's all about like, I think building that into your mind is like, this is something that's essential for me to do. And, you know, I don't think any of us fall. I mean, maybe some people do fall asleep as soon as you hit the pillow, but even if it's something like, okay, I lay down and, as I'm falling asleep for 10 minutes, I listen to that. You know what I mean? Like whatever that time frame is, but I think like, you know, it, 
it's really yeah. nice to know that these benefits can be had in such a short period of time. And and like I said, uh, the study that I have, it's over eight weeks and they did 60 minutes per week. So if you divide that by, you know, seven days, that's a similar amount of time per day if you did it every day. And this is even less time that they're saying. So that's that's a pretty small investment for uh, benefit. Yeah, and not to be a headspace like ad here, but <laughs> I know that in that app, at least, and I'm sure others have it too, they have like the unwind or the sleep meditation. So there's no reason to say like, Katina, you were saying, if we can, if you're going to bed and you're just going to lay there and you know, it takes you a little bit of time to fall asleep, like maybe take yeah. that 10 minutes right then to do a sleep meditation maybe that can help you get to sleep. And you're practicing some mindfulness. So you're kind of doing both things at once. Or I was thinking another place to fit it in at 10 minutes. Again, if you're doing 10 minutes, maybe it's when you're having a cup of coffee in the morning maybe it's like your thing in the morning is to get up and start making your coffee and then you take a moment to sit down and drink it right maybe before you do that while your coffee's brewing you do this app or after you work out you've got 10 minutes before you get in the shower right or whatever I don't totally. know I think there's just a lot of little places you could fit in 10 minutes um that if you're maybe already doing something else for yourself why not add this too yeah I think that makes perfect sense I really like it a lot um, are there any recommendations that they have for people who are like leading teams or, um, managing others that would help people to, uh, be able to put this into practice more quickly? Yeah. Well, I think from an organizational perspective, I mean, number one, this is a pretty easy benefit to provide people, mm -hmm. right? If you can give people discounts to one of these apps or like pay for it, I mean, they're not that expensive, um, from an organizational perspective, some, for some individuals, it might be expensive. So I think if an organization can actually help out and do that, that would be yeah. awesome. And that could encourage people. Um, I think if you're <clears throat> so like, let's say you were to get one of these apps as an organization and you're going to be doing it for your, um, whole company. Like I can guarantee you that the people that make those apps will be willing to work with you to create some sort of training session or communication or whatever, um, to help you get people excited about mm -hmm. doing this. Um, so I think that could be helpful. Um, for managers, I mean, there's encouraging these practices. If this app is something that your organization provides and being able to show people that you're using it or talk about it, you know, get people bought into the idea. Um, if you don't have something from an organizational perspective to help, like if you have a free app that you find, then share that with your employees, talk about it. I mean, it doesn't hurt to even do little mindfulness sessions in the workplace, right? Like maybe every once in a while you can do a little lunchtime mindfulness and get an app and put it on speaker and everyone in the room can participate yeah. if they want to. Um, so I think that there's things like that that leaders can do to, um, to kind of encourage folks to do this. Uh, you know, one of the things they talked about in the article is, you know, this is one of those interventions that an employee has to do mm -hmm. versus an organization really being able to make a change as a company to make something better for wellness. But I think providing, the guidance, the support, and um, the tools can help employees. And I think that's where organizations come into play here. Like this is one of those things where, you know, we always talk about, well, having yoga at work isn't always the solution, right? There's a lot of other problems organizations have from um, bad leadership and, you know, unsafe work environments and from a psychological perspective, like things like that mm -hmm. that we've talked about a lot on the show. 
that organizations have to address. But this is one of those things yeah, that is the totally. easy fix if you want it, right? Where you don't have to actually put in the effort. I think you should put in the effort. But if you're trying to find something simple to give your employees, and probably this will work yeah. better if you have a good environment anyways. But um, if you just want something simple, this is a really easy tool. Is just get an yeah. app. Yeah, I think that that makes perfect sense. And I, uh, I really appreciate you bringing this article to our attention because I think it has such clear practical steps. Um, and I'm definitely going to try to incorporate this into uh, my daily schedule as well because I haven't been as good about practicing mindfulness as I should. And I've been studying mindfulness and writing papers on mindfulness lately uh, <laughs> so much that I should really incorporate it. So this is a good reminder for me too that it doesn't need to be this big like Herculean effort. Me too. I mean, I have the Headspace app, um, and I can't say I've used it that frequently in the past couple months. So fail well, on me. Okay. <laughs> but I can, yeah, I can adjust now. And now that I'm, I mean, I work from home anyways, but now that I'm going to be home even more than I was before, <laughs> I can definitely find some space to get into the habit while we're all at home from coronavirus. <laughs> and then... Uh, maybe that habit will stick once you get back out into the work, um, into the office environment or into the real world as things hopefully shift back to normal soon. Yeah, definitely. Make it a habit. It's not that it doesn't seem like it's that difficult of a habit to make. So yeah. it's a good thing. Yes. Well, we'd love to hear from all of you. Um, actually, I'd love to hear your app suggestions. So if you are a mindfulness meditation app user, please let us know what you're using. I'm very curious. Um, we'll link to some that we know of and we'll link to obviously this article. Um, but please let us know what you're using, what you love, what you don't love. Um, and if you're starting out on this journey of mindfulness, let us know how it goes. We're really curious to hear that too. So how do you contact us? You can find us on social media at WorkerBeing on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find us on our website, WorkerBeing.com, and you can email us at contact at WorkerBeing.com. Um, on our website, you will also see there's a way, way to sign up for our email list. So if you want more information about things that we're doing, as we mentioned, we had our retreat planned and we have to postpone it. So we'll be sending out updates on dates moving forward. And we're also going to be doing some more virtual events. So keep an eye out on that. And the email list is a great way to do that. So hope to see you all on our email list. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson. Mm-hmm.